Hello, and welcome to Everybody's National Parks. This is episode 10. Today, I'm here with Brian, and we are taking a look back and looking forward into 2019 at our National Parks experience and our podcast, Everybody's National Parks. Today is December 31st, 2018, and we wish everyone a happy new year. So, Brian, happy new year to you. And happy new year to you, Danielle, and uh, hopefully a, a 2019 uh, filled with some good adventures at, at the parks. So in other words, I think we decided let's take a break and let's do a very special episode, but also kind of summing up some of our best experiences, but also some of the tips that we picked up about visiting the national parks with kids and sometimes without. Um, and really for us as well, it's a great way to kind of reflect here we are on New Year's Eve to reflect on a uh, all that we've done over these last few years since we've started this project. So with that, Danielle, why don't you list the number of parks and the amount and, and the parks that we have visited over these last few years? Okay, so we've been to many parks, and some of them have been our entire family. Some have been with grandparents, and some have been you on a mancation with either your brother or high school buddies. So going in alphabetical order, the parks that we've covered so far include Crater Lake National Park, which is in Oregon, Southern Oregon, the Grand Canyon on the South Rim in Arizona, and as a side note, a long, long time ago, we visited the North Rim. We went to the Grand Tetons in Wyoming, Great Smoky Mountains on both the Tennessee side and North Carolina. Olympic National Park in Washington State, Rock Creek Park in Washington, D.C., also Great Falls National Park, which is outside of D.C., and you can hit that on the Virginia side and Maryland side, Shenandoah National Park in Virginia, Virgin Islands National Park, which we were very fortunate to visit before it was hit by hurricanes Irma and Maria unfortunately but uh tourism is coming back there and we also went to Yellowstone in the winter time and Zion National Park in Utah so a pretty good cross section i mean beaches mountains rainforest desert snow more rain sunshine woods i mean we kind of we've kind of uh We've kind of hit it, I guess. Uh, even I, I was about to say, I guess not Arctic conditions, but no Yellowstone in winter was negative twenty, and so that was pretty chilly. So we've we've pretty much uh, we pretty much have a nice cross section here to talk about. Another reason why it's a good time to take a pause here and kind of reflect on what we've uh, what we've been able to see. So with that, Danielle, and we can kind of alternate on this. We've prepared this ahead of time. But what are your favorite park experiences from the last year? I guess we'll do top five. So why don't you go first and we'll go back and forth. So my first that I don't know if these are in order, but I'm just going to start with the first one on my list. So one of my favorite park experiences, and I would say this is probably what first got me into the whole, uh, this whole adventure we're taking on as a family, is volunteering at Shenandoah National Park. We've been there many, many times to Shenandoah and have had many experiences there. But 
my favorite experience there was helping the monarch butterflies and seeing my kids so invested in and so committed. So that experience at Shenandoah, trying to help monarch butterflies and collecting milkweed and working so hard in hot weather. Also, I believe it was the same weekend was the astronomy night. And those were just two things that really inspired our kids. They learned so much and they were really connected to the parks and experiencing it directly. So I really enjoyed both of those experiences at Shenandoah National Park. I'll go with backcountry camping with my brother to start. Well, I have plenty to talk about with the family and with you. I, but I also want to make sure I don't, I, I don't leave out my brother. We, uh, this is called Everybody's National Park for Families, but that also includes adult brothers and siblings. So uh, getting to the backcountry has been special because uh, with little kids, they're not ready just yet. Although back in my tips, I have some thoughts about that. So it's been great with my brother to get in the backcountry, uh, to do some strenuous hiking. We've done this both um, at Olympic National Park and then at Crater Lake National Park. And uh, with the Olympic, it was along the coast uh, and being able to basically camp on a bluff above the beach. And then at um, Crater Lake National Park, it was uh, camping on the cusp of a pumice field. Uh, so again, great, great vistas, different vistas. But a lot of good, fun, uh, a lot of good fun with my brother. A lot of cold beers with my brother, and that's uh, the epitome of backcountry in my view. So that was a great memory that I'll uh, I'll hold on to. So that's number one for me. What's your next one, Danielle? My next one is the Smoky Mountains. I know many people complain about how crowded Smoky Mountains National Park is, and it's the most visited park in the system. But for me. My favorite experience there and favorite experience uh, at the park so far was biking alone by myself at through Cades Cove before the road is opened and just as the sun was rising. That is an experience I will treasure and enjoy. It is very neat to be doing that circuit before there are any cars on the road, especially since I think one or two days prior, we did the loop, <laughs> drove five miles an hour and almost missed the ranger program we were trying to get to where we thought we left plenty of time to get there. So doing that alone was really nice and just nice time enjoying my own thoughts and the beauty as the sun was rising and the clouds and that, that smoky feeling and why and hence the name of the park so uh that's that's one of my favorite experiences that's a good one uh although i'm i'm also smokies but in a different end of the park one of my favorite memories was hiking the boogerman trail with our youngest uh over in catalucci so again this is going to tie into some of the tips but uh we we got away from it all so getting away from cades cove which as you just said can get pretty busy unless you're there first thing which is another preview of a tip of ours but we went over to Catalucci, and one of the hikes there is called Boogerman, which, uh, again, it's a funny name. So, so our youngest thought that was pretty funny. Our oldest, if you remember, had just <laughs> fractured her wrist and so was, uh, was out of action, didn't really feel like uh, hiking. So you guys chilled out, and I think you did some sketching. And then uh, 
my youngest, uh, our youngest, and I, with her stuffed lemur, uh, we went for a hike. And that was just a fun hike because uh, she really got into it. It was some dad and daughter time, just the two of us, or three of us, I guess, with Coco the lemur, uh, who also posed for some fishing uh, fishing pictures. And that was just very nice. The weather was great. We, we got back in there. It was a pleasant hike along a, a small stream. And uh, it, I think it was one of the first hikes that she did, our youngest, where uh, I didn't have to carry her at any point. She just really lived for the moment, was, was very present with the hike, didn't think about how tired she was, and uh, just took a long, long walk with her dad and her stuffed lemur. So I'll remember that one. That was a good one. And I, re- I remember that day because the day ended. You know, it started off, <laughs> unfortunately, with our oldest having a crash and fracturing her wrist and putting a little damper on the day. And there was some rain, pun intended. But we ended the day when we were driving back to our campsite with this magnificent double rainbow. I don't know if you remember, we pulled over on the side of the road just so we could see it. I did. And uh, I have a feeling for people there, given how uh, wet it can be, especially that time of year, they see it all the time, but not us. That was pretty special to see a uh, double rainbow. And uh, uh, especially after we had spent a lot of that trip talking about the kids using their imaginations and talking about fairies. And uh, to be able to see a double rainbow for a second there, I think they thought, or they probably do think, that fairies are real. So that was a a very uh, literary end to our day. All right. Should I uh, jump on to number three? Go ahead. Okay. My third favorite experience is swimming was swimming with turtles at Virgin Islands National Park. That was at Maho Beach. We did a lot of snorkeling there, but I really enjoyed that because I enjoyed doing it with the kids. They weren't afraid of snorkeling. The water wasn't too deep and they, you know, you didn't have to be afraid of hitting yourself on coral or anything like that. And I just liked it. I, I just love turtles. I loved counting the turtles, seeing them coming up when we were sitting on the beach, watching them come up for a breath. There's a turtle head. There's a turtle head. And then being in the water and, and swimming and seeing them. That was a lot of fun that I can enjoy, that I was able to enjoy with the kids. And, uh, and it was very doable for them. So that was one of my favorites. We did a lot of other snorkeling that was great there. And we were very, very fortunate to be there before hurricanes Irma and Maria hit. And so, um, you know, I, I hear that the things are coming back and tourism is picking up again and hotels are opening. So I do encourage people to go visit Virgin Islands National Park and hopefully we will get there for another visit as well. So um, Maho Beach and, and snorkeling with the turtles. For sure. And uh, what's funny is I don't have any of the Virgin Islands on my top five list. However, that's probably the favorite trip we took in one of my favorite parks of all of them, mostly because I'm a beach guy, one, but also it, it, it certainly felt like a community, uh, those who were in the park and those who were on St. John and those who cared about the park. And again, it broke our hearts that uh, it really got torn up with the hurricanes, but hopefully they're on their way back, well on their way back. Um, and then we can visit there pretty soon. But yeah, that was one of my favorite trips of mine. But weirdly, not on one of the top five memories. So uh, mine, I'm going to kind of switch gears here. As you know, Danielle, I am a lodge junkie. 
And so if we're lucky enough to go to a park with a lodge and even luckier that we can stay at one of the lodges, it's one of the goals I have is to kind of stay at all the preeminent lodges in the national park system. And we've I've been able to do a few, whether that's at Lake Quinault up in Olympic National Park or the Snow Lodge at Yellowstone. But I think my favorite so far of all the lodges we've stayed at, I love the Big Meadows Lodge and I love the Common Room, which is my favorite by far. It it is a, as you know, it's a big common room with a lot of windows, a lot of classic stick furniture, and it is a great place to chill out, especially if it's poor weather. Because it's uh, even though it's a big space, somehow it's also very cozy. And I have a great memory of uh, hanging out there with with all of us. Also, memories of hanging out there with just the girls. As you know, we had dad daughter weekends, just the three of us going down to to Shenandoah. And I just love that space. It is so far. Uh, we haven't hit all of them yet, but so far that is uh, my favorite lodge and my favorite common area. I love the rocking chairs in there, and I think most times when we've been there. There's been someone playing the guitar, singing, and it's just relaxing, seeing the beautiful view. And then there's all the games. So you can just relax and enjoy a glass of wine or a cup of hot chocolate and play some games, look out the window. I do. I love that room. Yeah. And interestingly enough, with some of the lodges we've been to is they don't have a large common area. My brother and I just came from Crater Lake, which had one of the best views. The veranda overlooks the lake, which is magnificent. But indoors, there's not much of a view of, uh, there's not a big common room, uh, which is interesting. So Big Meadows did it right. So that's why it's uh, one of my favorites, one of my uh, best memories. So uh, what is your, what are we up to? Number four, what's your fourth favorite memory? My fourth is the Grand Canyon. and. I again, I guess it goes along. Most of my experiences are related to people. I really enjoyed visiting the Grand Canyon and experiencing the Grand Canyon with our kids and their grandparents. I thought that was such a special experience. And to be able to share that with them and create such lasting memories together. Uh, So, a few particular things that I just want to highlight. I loved seeing it decorated for Christmas. Since you're the lodge junkie, can you remind me then? Oh, El El Tovar, right? Is that the name of the lodge at um, the Grand Canyon? El Tovar. Uh, That was just so much fun to see it all decorated for Christmas. It was really beautiful. I really enjoyed that. And getting to eat there, thanks to my magic. Especially seeing the light change over the canyon. Since we stayed there for a few days, I really enjoyed and treasured being able to do that at sunrise and at sunset, watching the light change over the canyon. I feel very lucky to have been able to do that. And then hiking into the canyon, which looks completely different than just looking at the view from the rim. And even if you can't, you know, if you can't walk that far, I really still recommend just taking a few steps down and you'll still get that different sensation and perspective. So I really enjoyed that Grand Canyon experience. I loved it. One last thing about that. I also appreciated being there with the grandparents so they could stay with our kids and give us the opportunity to go for a more strenuous hike. And we got to do that 
on several mornings. I think two mornings we got to do that. And that was also really nice. I'm going to move mine up. That was one of the last ones I had was Grand Canyon with the grandparents. So I think, again, we we focused this on our kids, but I didn't want to leave out my brother and I didn't want to leave out my folks. It's a great, not just for the convenience of having grandma and grandpa there so we can go do a strenuous hike, but I'm specifically, I had the rim walk with the grandparents. So that was great to have three generations and we got to go for a stroll along the South Rim. We took our time. We ended at El Tavar for a drink, which was a great thing. And then just to add, I'm going to cheat, to add the fourth generation, the pictures we had from that trip, which was a year ago, I took to my grandfather when I visited him in Florida about a week before he died. And I showed him pictures of our three generations there. So I'm going to add in a fourth generation. I'm really glad we got to do that. I'm glad I got to show my grandfather the pictures from that trip. So that was uh, that was one of the last ones I had. But given that you mentioned it, I uh, I thought I'd move it up. Oh, that's nice. That's special. I'm glad uh, you got to share that with him. One other component of that trip that I really enjoyed with your parents and our kids, the rim walk, and we did, I don't know if it was that day or a different day, we did a history talk with Ranger Perry. And the kids participated a lot. And I just was very proud of them. And I think your parents were very proud of them to hear them raising their hand, volunteering, answering the questions. And it was a large group and they were, you know, not afraid to speak publicly. And it was just fun. And I felt very proud. Yeah, I think I think that's a consequence of going on these trips that they've had to learn how to do that. And that's part of the reason why we do this as well. Right. So, uh, yeah, that was a great memory as well. So what's your uh What's your next one? We've we've hit the Grand Canyon. What's your next so, one? So my count is right. We're at number five and we're only going to five. Yeah. So I'm I'm saving the best for last. So if someone had to ask me my favorite park experience, it has to be hands down cross country skiing on the Upper Geyser Basin at Yellowstone National Park. Ha, that was mine too. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. You 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 take it though. Go ahead. We were there in the winter time. That was winter. Help me out here. Winter 2016, Christmas 2016. Yes. And we arrived there right the day after a huge snowstorm hit. The snow completely untouched. We arrived at Mammoth Hot Springs before sunrise. Going through the arch with the moonlight was just beautiful. Getting to Mammoth Hot Springs and then the sun coming up and seeing the snow and the blue, bluest sky I've ever seen. Not a cloud in the sky. The moon was still up and it was just breathtaking, absolutely gorgeous and beautiful. We had to wait until we could actually go into the snow coach to head down to the snow lodge because, you know, things hadn't been plowed yet and they couldn't get through. Once we got down there, we're, it felt like we were alone. We had Yellowstone all to ourselves, except for the few people staying in the snow lodge. It felt like we were at winter camp. <laughs> it was kind of fun. When we were out and about exploring, we could be on our own or we could be with other people. Then when you're in the lodge, you're crossing paths and seeing people that we saw on the snow coach and, you know, we feel like we're old friends. And then we 
got cross-country skis and went out ourselves to uh, go on explore the geyser basin and we were absolutely alone there was nobody else there was a bison in the middle of our path that we had to give a wide berth to and otherwise it was just us and it was the most peaceful experience beautiful coming up to a geyser and then another geyser and another all the different thermal features alone I don't know if we could ever replicate that experience again because the guides and um, our driver and guide for the snow coach just getting us down there when we first arrived getting us down to the snow lodge he did tell us that he has not seen a snow like that in 20 some odd years so I don't know if we would ever be able to get that experience again if we go at the same time of year. That snow and those conditions with the blue sky, that was pretty special. We kind of lucked out on that. There's not much more I can add to that other than if we were on that upper geyser trail, which is a boardwalk when it's not covered with snow, if we were there in the summertime, we would be jam-packed with other visitors to the park. It's the most popular part of Yellowstone. To be there in the winter, which kind of presages our tips, to be there in the winter, we were by ourselves on cross-country skis, not out in the backcountry in the wilderness, but on this super popular upper geyser boardwalk, just you know under three feet of snow or whatever it was. That was amazing. Once I realized that, uh, I was so dumb. I thought we were in the backcountry until I realized, oh no, this is this super popular hike we read about. And when you see pictures, it's... Uh, nothing but people jammed on this thing. And it's just us and some bison. If you do remember, a bison just stood right there and we had to go wade around him. That was really special. And if you let your imagination run wild, you can think this is what it looked like before really man got there and we were seeing something that was untouched. So that was pretty cool. Now, I cheated. I have a sixth. I know we said top five, but it's our podcast. So I figure I can break our own rules. I couldn't decide. But I also have to add seeing the California condors uh, when we were just basically at the top, right before the top of Angel's Landing Hike. Uh, this was a trip I went on with high school pals of mine, and we were nearing the top. And the, the condors, which are very rare and still very endangered, but making a comeback, swooped in over our heads. And they were, uh, first off, massive birds. So we were able to see them in the wild that close, that high up, with the surrounding vista was um, pretty remarkable and I think a fairly special thing. So I couldn't make up my mind. Uh, so I had to throw in a sixth as well. That's a good one. It's a good one. It's a good one to break the rules by. So now let's get the perspective from our kids and let's look back and look forward. So now I'm here with my youngest daughter. Can you say hello and tell us what was one of your favorite experiences in the national parks since we started this adventure. Hello. Hi. One of my favorite experiences is I went to the canyon where like the Grand Canyon was. Like, the canyon was cool. It was cool how it was, like it was breaking from the water. I never knew that, but then I learned that when I went on radio talking and told us that the canyon is breaking by this river. That's right. Very good. 
So that was one of your favorite visits, your favorite experiences was visiting the Grand Canyon and learning about how it was created? Yeah. Very good. Do you have any other experiences that you want to share? Another of my experiences was Shenandoah. The hikes were cool. Log hikes and short hikes and not that long hikes. And I liked the hikes in Shenandoah. They were cool and like nature and fun. Very good. And you visited Shenandoah in almost every season, I think. Yeah. We've been there when it's cold. We've been there when it's warm. We've definitely been there in the spring and the winter. And um, we've been there in the early fall before the leaves have really changed colors. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Now, do you have any tips or advice for other kids visiting a national park? Um, of Shenandoah. There's like lots of activities and lots of things and lots of hikes, lots of things to do in Shenandoah. Do you like the Junior Ranger booklets? Yeah, and also there's one thing that I like the most in Shenandoah. What's that? The telescope thing. Ah, to see the stars. Oh, yeah, the astronomy nights. And seeing the planets and the stars. That's a lot of fun. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Now, why don't we hear from your sister? Hello. Hello. Now we're going to hear from my oldest daughter. And she's going to share some of her favorite experiences at the national parks. Hi there. Hello. (laughs) Hi. Thanks for joining me. So, do you have any favorite experiences that you would like to share? Uh, I have a lot. You have a lot? Maybe. Can you can you narrow it down to say 3 or 5? Sure. Um, one of my favorite experiences is when we went to Shenandoah in the astronomy program. That was so much fun. We saw like Jupiter, we saw the moon, we saw Mars, Saturn, um some moons and it was super cool. I shared the same same sentiment. That was one of my favorites as well. And and your sister too. Okay, what's next? Uh, maybe going to the Grand Canyon. I looked. I liked looking over the edge and being like, "Wow, this is so crazy!" And then <laughs> by one river making that is so wow, amazing. <laughs> It's pretty vast, and there there's lots of different components that led to the creation of the Grand Canyon, and the Colorado River is just one of them. I have a joke for you guys. All right, let's hear it. Knock, knock. Who's there? Who? Who, who? There's an owl up there. <laughs> Very good, and I think we've seen our fair share of owls in Rock Creek Park, right? Yes. The barred owl. We've seen many barred owls in Rock Creek Park, including owlets. Definitely. Okay. Do you have any other experiences you want to share? Yes. I absolutely loved going to the Virgin Islands and swimming with turtles. It was so cool, so amazing. It was awesome. 
Wow. Were you listening to uh, when I was talking to Papa? Because that was on my list too. Really? Yeah. No, I wasn't. I don't think I was paying attention. <laughs> well, that's a good one. I liked that too. That was one of my top experiences. I also like seeing how big the turtles could get. Some were massive. Some were like as tall as me. Mm-hmm. And some were a little smaller. Yeah. Like half my size. That, that was a lot of fun. Any others that you want to share? I want to share when we went to the Smokies. The time I actually fractured my wrist, wrist, it was a crazy experience. But then I made fun out of it. Even though I couldn't go on a lot of long hikes, it was still nice to hang around. So while my sister went on a hike in the Smokies, I just sat and sketched. By the river, I saw butterflies, and it was nice seeing, like, the water flow past. It was fun. Yeah, we saw saw a lot of little things because we just took the time while Papa and your sister were hiking. We sat there and just looked and observed and enjoyed the silence and heard lots of sounds of nature and got to see lots of different insects, lots of butterflies, and... Dragonflies. Thank you. <laughs> Dragonflies. Yeah, that lots of birds. That that yeah. was fun. I agree with you. And we and spotted wildflowers. That was nice to just we always say that. We always are on the move. But one of the tips that we often talk about is to just take time to just stop, look, listen, watch, observe, and just use all your senses to take it all in. And we got to do that. Thanks to your unfortunate accident, we made the best of it. Yes, I agree. And so are there, if there's nothing else that you want to share in terms of favorite experiences, do you have any tips or advice for other kids visiting national parks? Yes. So for all the kids out there, I want you to discuss with your parents one of your favorite national parks and discuss something you learned there. And maybe you could tell us what you learned. That's a great idea. You could record a message and email it to us, or you could, uh, or you could just, you know, send it to us in writing on social media or through our website. That's, that would be a lot of fun. Yes. Great idea. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing your ideas, sharing your favorite experiences and your tips. And, um, you know, we look forward to the next adventure. Yes. Another thing I want to say is that every time all the kids go to the national parks, you should get the Junior Ranger booklets. They are so much fun to finish. And sometimes there's like different levels for you to do. You could do extra, and then after you finish it, you win a badge, and they're so fun to collect. That's a great tip. You learn a lot. We all learn, not just yep. kids, but your uh, <laughs> the adults along uh, learn a lot from them too. And then you have your whole collection of badges and pins on your vest that you always take hiking with you, your park ranger vests. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. I look forward to more adventures with you and making many more memories and learning about the parks with you. I wish you a very happy new year. Thank you. And to our adventures in 2019. Cheers.
Yay! Mm -hmm. Bye for now. Adios. All right, so next thing I wanted to talk about is what we've learned. So just with any trip or taking a series of trips, we've gotten better and better at it, and we've made some mistakes, and we've tried to learn from our mistakes. So I wanted to go with you with some of the tips that you have or some of the things that you've learned from. So uh, again, we have, I have three, I don't know how many you have, but uh, why don't you kick it off? Okay. Well, the first thing I recommend to anyone who asks me for advice for visiting national parks is the first place you should go when you arrive is to the visitor center. That may seem obvious, but maybe not. First, get your bearings. There's usually a pretty cool museum. Learn about where you are. Consult with the park ranger to you know, get their recommendations on how to plan out your visit and use the, your time the best you can. And make sure you pick up the Junior Ranger booklet. And you can pick this up whether you're a kid or not. There's so much great information in there. It makes it a really fun way to learn about the park that you're visiting and uh, can help you in terms of planning out your trip as well. So my first tip is make sure to visit the visitor center first. Yeah, that's a really good one to start off with. Mine is with kids, especially with little kids. Try to be disciplined and just stay at least your campsite, one part of the park. I think I've gotten ambitious with little kids where we go to a big park. I'm thinking of the Smokies. We want to see it all on our trip. And so we pick up stakes, literally, and we move across the park and put down stakes in another campsite. Whereas I'm glad we had the experience. It was a lot to do with kids to, to pull up because we don't, in the front country, we're not traveling lightly. And so I think it's okay if you have little kids just to stay in one spot and then radiate out from there, whether it's by car or hiking or whatever the case may be, or public transportation, radiate out from there, but have a home base. So you at least don't have to go through that. I do remember we lost the better part of a day on our week's vacation, moving from one campsite, Cades Cove, to Cosby. And I think it's a little unnecessary. Now, that all being said, if the kids were older or for example, when I've gone on these trips with my brother, uh, we have moved around. We've moved around pretty aggressively. But then my brother and I are basically uh, living out of backpacks, traveling really light, eating pretty lightly, uh, eating camp food or food that we've brought with us. And so whatever hardship we have, we can bear it up and it's part of the fun. And I don't think the kids would have too much fun with that for now. So I, I think it's okay if you're visiting a big park just to stay in one spot as your home base. And then you can radiate out from there. The parks aren't going anywhere. You can always go back and try another campsite another time. I will say I would have a hard time choosing which campsite because we really loved Cosby. But if we stayed in Cosby, I would not have been able to do that early morning bike ride. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, I'm not saying it's easy. It's great. But I think the cost benefit, the benefit is maximizing your time hanging out with the kids rather than the stress of pulling down the campsite and every, all the accoutrement, at least we have, to, to make sure the kids are comfortable. Pulling that all down and setting that back up again just took too much time on a week's vacation. Right. right. Although I think we've gotten a little bit lighter since that trip. <laughs> well, as they've yeah. gotten older, right? So we're, we're getting to the point where hopefully it's going to mesh with uh, how my brother and, and I camp. And we're not survivalists. We're not there 
we don't revel in kind of bushcraft for bushcraft's sake, but you know, we've gotten to the point now where, you know, we travel pretty lightly for a, a three, four night camping trip. And maybe we're going to get there with kids, which is my next point, but you go ahead first. Okay. My next point is <laughs> this one also may seem very obvious, but live and learn. Always have snacks and water, even if you think you're going on a short hike. So this was an experience at the Smoky Mountains where we thought we were really going for a very short hike and we had just eaten and <laughs> we just went out with not a whole lot. We probably had some water with us, but I didn't really have snacks. It ha was Easter morning. And so the kids had like pockets full of candy. Thank goodness because the hike ended up taking way longer than we thought. And uh, they're, they're, the candy from the Easter Bunny sustained them. <laughs> right, right. I think whatever trick you can pull out is a, is a pretty good one. Although, now that leads my, to my next uh, point. Despite what I just said about staying in one spot, I think the backcountry is closer than you think in terms of camping. Uh, our kids aren't there yet, but they're getting closer. And what I've learned in some of these trips that we've gone on is, you know, there's backcountry and then there's backcountry. There is, you know, the three-day trek up a glacial mountain like at Olympic National Park. And then there's the backcountry site that's just two miles off the main trail, not far at all. And so we saw that at Smoky Mountains National Park, where my brother and I camped at Crater Lake National Park, uh, was only a few miles off the, off the road but it was highly recommended by the backcountry ranger that that's what we should do and where we should stay. Uh, it's not bad. And so I've thought about that, that we're getting closer and closer to the backcountry with our kids. And that doesn't mean that they have to be that hardy or survivalist or anything like that. Just when they get to a point where they can carry some things and go a couple of miles, there's plenty of backcountry campsites at most of these parks that we can take advantage of. With that, we do have some bucket list backcountry hiking that we want to do with the kids. Yeah. Which the two that I can think of are going to Mount Lacante in Smoky Mountains. It's the lodge there that's only accessible by hiking a minimum of I believe it's five miles is is one way to do it. That's right. Five and a half miles up to eight miles. And I think it varies in terms of elevation. But yeah, that's a that's a, a goal with the kids and they're getting there. They're getting there. And then another one, I'm not sure, I think they need to be many years older until we're ready to do this, is hike down the Grand Canyon. Yeah, that's, that is a little far, far away, at least for our kids at ages nine and six, but we, we need a few more years for that. But that would be pretty cool. We'll see if I'm still up for that would it. Be super cool. <laughs> yeah. Are you up for it? I think. Are you old enough for it? I think that's what or it too is. too old for it. <laughs> uh, speak for yourself. Uh, so what's your, uh, what's your next one? So my last one is to try to start the day off early, especially at popular parks. Actually start the day off early no matter what. But if you're at a popular park, parking lots fill up. At the Smoky Mountains, it seemed like if you're there before 10, you'll get a parking spot. After that, you will not. Um, or you've, you're at risk of not getting parking. And then at that park and other parks where your goal is to see wildlife, wildlife are active early in the morning. So you want to get up and out early if you want to try and see some wildlife. Yeah, I, I agree. We're on the same wavelength once again. I, I would just 
add that, look, it's your vacation. And if your motivation is just to not be motivated and lie around in the hammock and read a book, that sounds lovely. Uh, but if your motivation is to get up and see some of the parks and hit some of the popular sites and trails, you got to rouse yourself and get there early. One, the lighting's better. Wildlife more likely will be around, uh, as you said, Danielle. But also, uh, you're going to beat a lot of the crowds because the crowds are late arriving, especially the, the day trippers. Along those lines, if you're there during high season, uh, one thing that is nice and why I disagree with the folks who think we are loving our parks to death, because I think what's more accurate is we're loving certain trails to death. We're loving certain central highlights to death. That's true. And that needs some management, which is another probably discussion for another, another time. But even at these super popular parks, there are other trails not far away from whatever the main drag is, where you can quickly be by yourself on a trail. And so I think the, the overall suggestion is look for alternative trails. Look for trails that are not as popular. Uh, and that's where you ask the ranger for advice about where to go. And some of these trails are bare substitutes, right? So I think like there's a West Rim Trail at Zion, which is kind of a mini angel's landing, right? It's going to take you up on the rim and you're going to be able to see great sights. Uh, and probably be somewhat by yourself or at least not as crowded as Angel's Landing can get at 11 o'clock in the morning. So we've been able to do this time and again, or even uh, Danielle just mentioned Caves Cove, either do like she did, get up early and bike around before anyone's there, or you know, think about a less traveled area or a less hectic hike. We went, drove over to the Cataluchi area, which had a lot of the historic homesteads that the Cades Cove circuit has. And we were able to go on these hikes like the Boogerman Trail, which it was just, as I've mentioned, my daughter, her stuffed lemur, and me on a very picturesque uh, trail. So that and my final recommendation is if you can, and this is a tough one, but where we've had a lot of success is try to go during shoulder season uh, or even if you're that bold, the off season. Uh, so we talked about the off season of Yellowstone, having it to ourselves, but even the shoulder season uh, you know, a few months ago, I just got back from Crater Lake uh, with my brother. It was towards the end of their high season. And, you know, it was, it was somewhat crowded, but not unmanageably so. And again, we were able to do some hikes where we were by ourselves for the entire hike and, and one in particular. Uh, so that's, uh, I think if you can swing it with your scheduling, try to go during shoulder season, or even if you can uh, swing it for a different perspective, what uh, completely off season, like going to Yellowstone in the wintertime. And just with that, if you're going in the off season to any park, you want to make sure a, the park is opened because depending on the park, it might not be opened or there or certain roads or trails or things there might be limited access. So you just want to check that first. Um, so for Yellowstone, for example, there's only one road that remains open all year round for, for cars. Um, otherwise, you need to use the snow coaches. So you just want to check that out and do a little bit of research before planning your trip. But shoulder season is, uh, you know, we've, we've enjoyed that. So speaking of shoulder season, do you want to talk about our, our kind of final piece of this podcast is what's next for 2019? Where, where are we going next, Danielle? So in just a couple of weeks, maybe less than that even, we are going to get warm in Florida. And we are going to visit the Everglades. 
and keep us game. Keep us game. Thank you. Hopefully. Yes. Of course, as of this recording, we are in a partial government shutdown with the parks being shut down of services, maybe open for visitors. And we're reading all these stories about the community coming together to help clean up campsites and that sort of thing. We're playing it by ear. Of course, our first thoughts are with uh, a lot of these park professionals, the rangers that we've met who are going without a paycheck right now. And um, it's not like they were grossly overpaid to begin with. So, you know, it's a bummer that our vacation may get interrupted, but um, no one should feel sorry for us. I feel sorry for a lot of these park professionals that, are, that have become a political football, which is ridiculous. And so um, hopefully this gets resolved for their sake, not necessarily for our vacation sake soon enough. Right. And the snowball effect of the communities around these parks that rely on the tourism. Right. Exactly. Uh, it's, uh, it's just, it's ridiculous. And again, another podcast for another time, but here's hoping that they get back on track pretty quickly here because they do a great job. And again, they're not, um, if anything, they should be getting paid more, not having paychecks withheld and being furloughed, especially over the holiday season. So again, that's coming up pretty quickly in a few weeks. And then what's after that, Daniel? And then after that, we will be, again, getting warm, making our way to see your parents in Arizona. And we will go visit the Petrified Forest. Yeah, which I'm really, we went a long time ago. And I think the kids are pretty excited to see that. It's, I think they are trying to imagine what the Petrified Forest is. Going there, the Painted Desert as well. So we're going to check that out. That's pretty exciting. And then our next trip, here's a big one coming up. Speaking of shoulder season, what's our next yeah, trip? Yeah, well... I don't want to, I know you're so excited about this trip. So should I let you share? <laughs> this is the the big trip. This is the big trip. And it's one that I've... We've been dreaming about for years, I think. This is the top of the parks list. So it's, which is, it probably is for a lot of people. So we're going to go hit Yosemite. We're going to spend a couple of weeks going to Yosemite, Kings Canyon, Sequoia. And then we're going to, you know, have a day or so in Muir Woods outside of San Francisco and Marin County. But yeah, so ultimately we're gonna hit four parks, but really the centerpiece is Yosemite, which is one that I'm very excited for. We managed to scrape together and we have a night at the Awahani. I'm not gonna call it the Majestic, it's the Awahani, it always will be. But we got a night there, which uh, again, is part of my lodge fetish. That's supposed to be the crown jewel. So uh, I'm hoping that lives up to the hype. And of course, we're gonna be doing some camping in Yosemite and in the canyon, and we're just really excited. And then. There's one more, which, by the way, I have a, my calendar notice that I have to make reservations on the second. Uh, but right now, tentatively, this could fall apart, but tentatively, high school buddies and my brother going to Isle Royale National Park in Lake Superior, which is, for us guys, has been on the, on the list, especially now that the wolves have been reintroduced. Uh, hopefully, if we're lucky, we can catch a glimpse of the wolf pack, or at a minimum, we can hear the wolves at night. So we're really excited about that. That's coming together. That planning's coming together, but that is going to be, again, shoulder season right after the summer's over to get out there. So those are some of the trips we have planned. We're really excited about it. That, that sounds like a pretty good year so far. So far. There may be some more cooking as well, but we'll see, we'll see what we can do. We've enjoyed this adventure and sharing it with you, and we hope that it's helpful in planning and inspiring your own trips. Yeah, we hope so as well. It's been, it's been fun to do this and hopefully it's been fun for you all to ride along with us. So uh, with that, a very happy new year and all the best for 2019. Peace, health, and enjoy 2019. Happy new year. Thanks everybody. Thank you for listening to Everybody's National Parks. 
You may find links to resources mentioned in this episode in the show notes on our website, everybody'snationalparks.com. While there, consider clicking on support our show. You may find the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. If you like the show, write a review, give us a five-star rating, and please tell your friends. You may also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or send us your comments at everybody'snationalparks.com forward slash contact. We'd love to hear from you from the parks you are visiting, so please tag us at hashtag everybody'snationalparks. Most of all, enjoy exploring the national parks with your family. Bye for now.